Today, the UPS guy came with a big box and I was like, what is that? And when he got closer, I realized it was a crib that Lokilani bought for Luke. And so she was like, can you make it tonight? And I was like, yeah, I can make it It'd be easy. She was like, it's going to be, you know, be quick because it's a smaller version of Lucy's. And so I was like, okay, cool. So I'll, I'll just do it later. Well, later comes the kids, the older kids go to sleep and um, I'm ready to do this video. You know, I'm ready to like wind down for the night. And then she was like, oh yeah, the crib. And I was like, oh yeah. And I thought about what kind of husband do I want to be? Do I want to be like an Ephesians husband that lays down his life for his wife, like Christ laid down his life for the church? Uh, So I thought, okay, I can't like preach about it and not do it. And so I grabbed the box, grabbed my tools, went to the bedroom and started assembling it. Well, I was rushing it and there's two kind of bolts. There's like these longer bolts that are labeled longer, but the picture next to the label is a smaller picture than the actual shorter bolts. See what I'm saying? Like the shorter bolts are labeled shorter, but the picture next to the shorter bolts is a bigger picture than the actual longer bolts. Really weird. It's hard to explain. But basically, I was just looking at the picture, and then I went to assemble it, and I got halfway through the assembly, and it was all wrong because I was looking at the picture and not reading the label. And don't you know that God has given you a label? And when you have run-ins with the enemy, the devil, the evil one, spiritual forces, you are not going to have victory if you are looking at the pictures of TV, television, uh, movie, uh, music, books. If you're getting your definition, your knowledge of the devil from those places, those pictures, and you're not reading the label, you are going to get yourself into a lot of trouble. And you're going to have run-ins with the devil because you're a Christian. Most of the time, the enemy just leaves you alone when you're not a believer. But the disciples definitely had more run-ins with the devil than they would have had if they hadn't start following Jesus. Following Jesus means that's going to happen. And that happens in today's story. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 26, shows us how Jesus deals with the devil in a situation that you may not have known the devil was involved in. Check this out. I've never, I was reading a commentary about this and I was like, this is absolutely crazy. Matthew 8, 26. And he said to them, why are you afraid? O you of little faith. He rose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. What's happening is Jesus and the disciples got on a boat. They're going to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is really just a lake. It's a lake within a big basin of mountains. And what would happen is the cold air from the mountains would come down the face of the mountains, meet the warm air on top of the sea, the lake, the warm air, that the warm sun has been baking on this water for all day. And when cold air, warm air rapidly meet, a storm erupts. And that's what happens. And these were crazy storms. It would happen all the time. Now, the question is, where is the storm coming from? Is it coming from Satan or is it coming from sin? Because it says that Jesus rebuked the winds and the waves. Now, that's interesting because you don't usually rebuke natural forces. To rebuke means to find fault in. 
to like cast judgment upon. Why would Jesus do that to a storm, to winds and waves? The wind and the waves are just being winds and waves. They're not being sinful. So why would he find fault with it? He's finding fault with the force behind the wind and the waves. This particular storm was being rebuked because it wasn't just your normal storm. It was a storm with this evil spiritual force behind it. Why? The spiritual forces were trying to kill Jesus. He's the son of God. He's the Messiah. As heard in Matthew chapter 3, when God splits open the sky at Jesus' baptism and says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, putting the whole spiritual world on notice. And ever since that moment, they've been trying to shut this down. I mean, even back to the birth of Jesus, they were trying to shut it down because they knew there was something special about this child. This is no different. This storm was coming to destroy Jesus and the disciples. Jesus was not going to let that happen. He has authority over the spiritual realm. He has authority over nature. We just saw, if you keep the early parts of Matthew chapter 8, he has authority over demons, authority over sickness. This whole chapter 8 of Matthew is showing us the authority of Jesus and the authority to know the difference between when a storm is from Satan or from sin. The question is, is the storm that you're in from Satan or from sin? The only way you're going to be able to know is by taking every storm to Jesus because you're not going to be able to know. I'm telling you, you're going to enter, you're going to encounter people in your life. You don't know if they're operating in their flesh or if they're operating in the influence of the evil one. You're going to encounter people like that. You're going to encounter situations. You're going to encounter even illnesses and sicknesses where you don't know if this is coming from your own sin or it's coming from the influence of an evil force. And here's the thing, guys. You're not really supposed to know. The disciples here in Matthew chapter 8, verse 26, it just says that they were frightened and they came to Jesus and Jesus says, why are you frightened? They didn't know where the storm was coming from. Some of these guys were fishermen, so they had, they had encountered storms before. And really, they didn't care where the storm was coming from, whether it was from sin, God sending judgment upon their sin, a consequence of something like that, a punishment, or if it was from the evil one. They didn't care. All they did was they brought it to the one who could handle a storm, and we must do that. Because the good news, the gospel that changes everything tells us that Jesus was the one that let the storm take him so that we would have the power and the access and the ability to take every storm to him. Jesus let the storm take him on the cross. That's what the cross is. It's the storm of God's wrath, God's cold, hard wrath meeting the fires of sin and death and colliding and erupting into the storm that killed the Son of God. That's what the cross is. Jesus laid down his life and let that happen so we could have the power to and the access and the ability to take our storms to him. Every storm. We don't need to know where the storm that you're in is coming from, whether it's from Satan or from sin. You just need to take it to him. And the promise of the resurrection is, The storms will not win. 
whatever storm you find yourself in will not win. Whatever storm you find yourself in will not win because who's in your boat? The storm breaker. We take it to him because we know the storms will not win. And the second coming of Christ, the second coming of the storm breaker, when he's coming back, we don't know the day or the hour. God the Father knows. But in Revelation 21, verse 1, we have a glimpse. And in that glimpse, we see Jesus coming back and creating a new heavens and a new earth. And in the new heavens and the new earth, there's no sea. Isn't that interesting? What a crazy detail about the second coming. When he creates the earth again, there's no ocean. Why? No sea means no storms. The promise of Jesus coming again means all storms will be gone. The storm breaker will break the final storm and prevent storms from ever coming again. He'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. That day is coming. So in the meantime, what do we do? We walk in that victory. I heard Tim Keller give this analogy of like football players who, you know, walk out of the locker room thinking, we're going to pound these guys. We're going to win for sure. And when you hear a team say that, what do you want? You want to see them lose because they're so confident that they're going to win. And that's why a lot of people don't like Christians because we're like that. We already fight from a place of victory. We bring our storms to Jesus because we know he's the storm breaker and one day he's going to take away all storms. And even the storm that we find ourselves in cannot win. And that just irks people. That makes people mad. Because we know we have the victory already. But when you know who you are and whose you are, you know, I don't have to walk in fear. I can walk in faith. Amen. What storm are you in right now? And... Are you going to take it to Jesus? What storm are you in right now that you need to take to Jesus? That's what I want the comment question to be. Tell us your storm and tell us, I mean, obviously, if you're going to tell us, you're going to take it to Jesus. But what storm that, what, here's a better way to say it. What storm are you in right now that you need to take to Jesus? There we go. That's the question. Love you guys. I'm going to go to bed. It's late. I'm tired. And this podcast is brought to you by Amen Podcasts, available everywhere. The main sermon is going to have a real heavy breakdown of these particular verses, Jesus calming the storm. So don't miss that. There's going to be so much to glean from in that. I've been chewing and eating on the meal of this text all week, and I'm excited to share with you guys about that. But this little sermon just didn't make the main cut, so I thought I'd just place it here. Um, that's what this podcast is for. It's available everywhere, Amen or Alex Wilson, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, everywhere. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking. Good night. Amen.